ladies and gentlemen, as we know, football is back. As we know, Rian and I are back on the pod. But not only is football back, La Liga football is back. And Premier League football is coming back. Two of the leagues that we cover the most are finally back. And yeah, my life is starting to turn itself around a little by little in 2020 in what has been probably, I would, I would say, a, a top three worst year. Probably so far. I don't know. Probably on the Mount yeah, probably on the Mount Rushmore of, of worst years in human history, I'd say. Yeah, uh, human history. That's, oof. <laughs> I think someone back in the BC era would probably disagree with you. Um, but for us, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it's pretty bad. Hey, ign- ignorance was bliss back in the BC. They couldn't even speak, they didn't even speak English. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> did they matter? <laughs> You're comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so this past weekend, La Liga came back. And I was telling Rian over the weekend, um, we were going back and forth about it, but this, I wrote it, like, it, it didn't feel like anything changed for me in a weird way. Like, watching some of the games from the weekend, right? So, I guess to, to kind of recap things, you know, we had, um, gosh, I'm already forgetting who plays there's so many games. Um, but to start off, right, we talked about Sevilla, Real Betis, and of course, Sevilla, the better of the two teams, winning 2-0. Um, on Thursday, starting things off, and Friday wasn't too many games. Granada, Hetafe, um, really being the shocker of the entire weekend, with Granada winning two one over Hetafe, uh, keeping them unfortunately in fifth. Um, Saturday featured uh, Barcelona returning uh, against Mallorca away at Mallorca, winning four nil. Um, and Sunday saw Atletico and Bilbao play out a one one tie. Uh, I think that's. Atletico Madrid's, I don't know if this is the 100% correct stat, but I think it's their 13th draw of the season. Oh, no, it was correct. It's the 13th draw of the season for Atletico Madrid. So, yeah. I mean, they so, looked exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they looked exactly the same. Yeah, so nothing changed for them. Um, and then Real Madrid coming back at their training center to beat Ibar uh, 3-1. And so those were kind of the major results throughout the, the weekend, but there is really no like semblance of a weekend, you know what I mean? Like a match day anymore. Cause it's all kind of blending together because you have games literally every day um, until the end of the league, um, which is in middle of July. So it's all kind of blending together, but it is entertaining. And in reality, I think one of the best parts about this weekend round was that there was like no dip in physical performance, or at least it didn't feel like that. Like it felt equally as energetic as it was before the break. And I think that's probably in large part due to, um, due to the extended break that Spain had. I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I, almost with you there up until the end. Maybe. Um, no, I think it's very similar to what we saw in Germany when they came back. I was just as impressed uh, um, at the fitness levels for the, for the Spanish teams um, that came back this week or last starting last week and this week too. I've been really impressed. Um, the, obviously the, that players stayed in decent shape during the, during the actual lockdown and, and apparently, and I guess a lot of them really did stick to their like individual training uh, regimes. Even, even uh, Suarez has, <laughs> Even with look like he, he's, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't. Well, in the least, he doesn't look any fatter. So, like, it's <laughs> that's an accomplishment. Him. I'm telling you, <laughs> that. But, in even, 
<laughs> three months off and he and he looks this pretty much the same so like good for him <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no I, i've been impressed it's been it's 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 been good to see that the players are still in pretty good shape and, and um i mean obviously they're in general pretty pretty good shape. people who are in pretty good shape so you so it's just good to see that they didn't slack off as much as probably you or I would have in the same situation. Um, uh, and again, that's probably why they're getting paid uh, millions of and millions of dollars. Hey, do. pay cut. <laughs> yeah. So, so from great. five million to four. Yeah. Uh, um, but then I think my only, the only uh, my, one of my biggest observations actually from the first uh, five or six days of, of La Liga coming back is, you know, that first day, the first game, the Sevilla and Betsy's game, the virtual crowd or fake crowd, they, they, <laughs> maybe it was just the colors because I think it's looked a little better since that day. But maybe it's just the fact that the red and white, the way that they're doing these fake crowds, it just looked like confetti. <laughs> just completely looked like confetti. And then, and then again, I think they've got it's gotten better in the games that I've seen since this. But like when they would do the replays, at least in that first game, it would, you'd see like glitch out and stuff. So yeah. it, just, it seemed like very poor. Like well, to, be, to be fair, you were the one that originally proposed this idea here, and clearly they heard the podcast and took it and ran with it humanoids i didn't uh, <laughs> to like you said cgi up, like, cut go to fucking like stables get the colored paper and just start sprinkling it on like a screen that's not what i that's not that's not weird that's just lazy yeah, so I mean, I I, I can't get what you're saying. The first game, Sevilla Betis definitely had some te- technical difficulties when it came to the virtual fans, but I, I think they took a play out of the playbook from Germany and in the virtual fan noise and things like that. Um, I think that went over really well, and I think that added to kind of the energy level in the game. And it, even if you weren't, you know, looking at the what's it called field or any honestly if you just close your eyes that's my point if you close your eyes you would feel like you're at the game that's what that's what it really felt like so when you're kind of in the zone and you're a player on the field you probably aren't thinking or you aren't looking directly to see if there are fans you're probably keeping up with the the surroundings and so i think that that helped significantly yeah but the the virtual kind of cgi fans that were plastered along the only the first like um, sections, the lowest sections of San Mames, not San oh my God, San Mames, not just Pichuan. Um Yeah, it was a little off. It's, it has gotten better, to be fair. The coloring gotten better, has gotten better um, from like Mario Kart <laughs> characters to nearly mashable colors that can resemble fans. Yeah, yeah, it's it looks a little a little more natural. Uh, again, it, it might just be the color. It might just depend on the color now of your of your <laughs> that they use. But um, but no, that good good work on them. Good work on the players for coming for again coming back in shape and and looking like they were up to match fitness for the most part. Um, good weekends from both Barca and Real Madrid. We saw Hazard come back and look. At least somewhat close to to himself. Um, he looked great. Um, he really did. Yeah, yeah. He already picked, picked up two assists in that game. So good on him. I mean, I think Barca, Barca and Real Madrid have come back and look again. It's so early, so just a game or a couple of games, right? But but I mean, I, I think 
they looked a little more uh, i don't know a little more assured than it felt than it felt the last what however many weeks before the um before the season was suspended so uh, i'm expecting those teams to i expect a good title a good little title race to to uh end the season there it looks like both teams are are in pretty decent in good shape and seem very motivated and look, and at least from the last week from the past 5 days I, obviously, Hazard being back for Madrid is has changed. We get it. Mixing we get a lot. Mixing a lot. He's, like, we're excited does. about about that entire game. Trust me, I know. I'm aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did. He looked great. I'm trying to temper my, but he did look. He did. He did look pretty great. Not quite. Him, not not fully himself yet. But um. But no, I, I think both teams, just off first first reactions, um, I, they look. They look really in the mood, so that's so yeah. Good. No, that's that's exactly what I took away from both of those games. I mean, Barcelona came out and scored in the first three minutes of the Mallorca game. So, I mean, granted, it was uh, you know kind of out of the blue, um, but that just goes to show I think the level, like the mental levels of preparation that have gone into both of these teams. Um, kind of quarantine mindsets, if you will. I don't, I don't think any of these teams took the foot off the gas or even thought about that because they knew going into the corner coming out of the quarantine, I should say that the, the gap at the top was only two points. And that's a matter of one game for either of them. And if, if either of them end up level Real Madrid win the, the league at the end of the day. So it's so tight at the top. And that just, I mean, that goes for the entire top six really, but the top two is, I, I genuinely say this. I don't think will be determined until the last final day of the uh, of the league campaign. So yeah, Barcelona had a great game against Mallorca, scoring four goals. Um, Messi having his day and a half, to another ten out of ten performance, and and I think truly the the quarantine probably benefited him the most, given that he needed the rest, he needed some time to recuperate because the the season already had been kind of lagging on him and. It, I mean, three months off will is essentially a summer break without an international tournament, which is great for for anyone's level of fitness. And I think that kind of showed um, all the players clearly kept kept up with their regiments. And this goes for both Real Madrid and Barcelona because Real Madrid also came out. Um, and I and like I specifically noticed how energetic like Modric was during the game. Tony Kroos was during the game. It was truly like it, it just nothing had happened. Um, and of course there was, you know, some rustiness here and there, but largely both of those teams performed really, really well over the weekend. Um, and of course today um recording on, or we're recording on Tuesday, but Barcelona did beat um, Leganes at home two nil as well. So they've continued that, um, it, yeah, it's like it's honestly it feels like nothing's changed. It's weird. Other than Espanyol at the bottom of the table somehow somehow I don't know how they did this, but they won and then tied, so they haven't lost a game since coming back, so screw them. But that's a whole other thing. Um yeah, so things are all good in Spain unless you're Atletico Madrid, basically. Um or Hatafe. So yeah, that's the that's a Spain life. Yeah. No, it's great happy to see just happy to have Messi be able to watch Messi again obviously that's pretty fucking awesome and and uh no like you said we're crossing our fingers hoping but also expecting that it's gonna that it's gonna come down to the last last day of games yeah yeah 
I mean, the schedules for both the the top two teams are relatively tough now going forward. They weren't up until now, um, but now until the end of the season, it gets a lot tougher. Um, most notably, Barcelona play Sevilla on Friday. So that's a first versus third as of now um, battle for on, on Friday afternoon, um, which will be fantastic to watch. Highly recommend it. And Real Madrid play Sociedad on Sunday. So... This weekend's going to be a very, very telling uh, weekend of games for for the top two, or well, the top four because they're, they're all top four teams. So definitely look out for that. Is what I would say from from a La Liga standpoint. Um, but I know that as we <laughs> kind of go through the next couple of weeks, all the match days are going to blend together. So just look out for certain games that are on the docket coming up, and those are the two that I would highlight. Um, other than that, I, I think my prediction for, like I told you over the weekend, for a Barcelona Real Madrid Real Sociedad and Sevilla top four finish is uh, is looking pretty good. So we'll keep it that way. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> like as uh, the same thing that I replied to you in your text. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm holding I'm holding very firm to that. So um, that's all that I have from La Liga. Um, uh, we will certainly bring you more updates as they come, but Messi's back. All is good in the world. That's how. That's my TLDR. Wonderful. Love to hear it. Awesome. Well, would, do, you, do you want to take a break or do you want to keep going? You tell me. No, no, no. I think I think that's a good good place to stop off, and then we come back. We'll we'll get back. We'll go across the pond once again, and. and uh, we're already across the pond. We're in Spain. It's coming home. It's coming home. No, but we're like, all right, whatever. It's coming home. Dude. You need a break. Right, we'll take a break. <laughs> all right. After Rian's slip up in uh, in having to go across the pond when we were already in Spain to go to England, we're going to go slightly north of Spain, right? All right, we're going to go slightly north. Sorry, oh, sorry. Across the channel, I should say. Aha, good save. Great save, yeah. So we're going to go across the channel, as Rion calls it. Uh, we're going to go back to the Premier League. The Premier League is, as you say, is coming home. But, um, yeah, the Premier League is back as of Wednesday, June 17th. Rion, how do you feel? How do you feel you get to watch your Blues again? I mean, Timo Warner is Werner, excuse me, is not in the squad yet. So relax. Not yet. Not yet no. um, <laughs> and neither is uh, Havertz and Cristiano Ronaldo, according to the papers. Um, so <laughs> one of those seems a bit more likely than the other. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I a bit. Spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So why don't you tell us where I don't want to hear about Project Restart? Just for the record, I, I that is. Well, if I hear something like related to Boris Johnson, I'm going to lose it. So Project Restart it has it isn't complete until the ball is kicked tomorrow. So true the final stages of it, I suppose. The wee hours of of Project Restart. Wow, that was so clean. Well done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Project Restart aside, Premier League is coming back. It is back. How do you, how do you feel? Where did we leave off? Give us the lowdown. Oh, I think, I think where we left off was may like probably the weirdest kind of season that I can remember. For the, I mean, obviously the year that Leicester won was that wasn't even weird. That was just a miracle. But like, <laughs> but like, this has just been a very weird season where 
the title was you you might say the title was pretty much decided in what November December when when Lowen Liverpool beat uh, City at Anfield that stretched the gap to I think it was nine points at the time and since then they've never been closer so effectively the title's been over for six months now we're looking at right so so weird spot that we're in here where Man City is twenty five points off of first with nine games to play, or, or I believe actually they have 10 games to play. Liverpool has nine to play. Uh, and we could see Liverpool clinch the title as early as this weekend if Man City were to slip up uh, against Arsenal tomorrow. So, all right, that's not going to... All right, so in a real world this weekend. Cool. <laughs> well, in a real world, yeah, it would be... Yeah, but... but <laughs> okay, I glad we cleared that up. praying for all the Everton fans out there <laughs> like I said three months ago I'm praying you guys that that is not that is not the game where they get to clinch the title <laughs> for you guys really really praying for you um but no no we've got so that's so so city 25 points off Leicester sitting in a good spot um if they don't they're five points ahead of Chelsea who are sitting in fourth place um Leicester's sitting in third Five points up in Chelsea. They look like they're clear because they also sit eight points above fifth. So they're looking clear to still be able to finish in the top four, and which would be amazing, like a great accomplishment um, for you know Leicester and Brendan Rodgers that whole that, that whole team like to so easily finish above all like, half of the top six from or four of the top six from last year. Um, that'd be a great accomplishment. Obviously, the real places to look at now is the fourth and fifth place race because, you know, we find out in, I believe it's the first week of July is officially when we find out um, the whether Man City was able to win the win the uh, arbitration dispute or not. <laughs> so we're, we're going to find out if that fifth place uh, will be a Champions League spot. In the middle of like, I, while I, the season is still going on, like we're yeah, while, while the season's still going on, so you're, you're I, like, I seriously like can't wait for that Zoom call. Like, can you imagine that? Like, four arbitrators get on a Zoom call and they're like, "Yeah, Man City's not going to be in the Champions League next year," and that's it. That's the decision. You're on a Zoom call, and that's how you find out. And then, and then uh, everyone involved with Man City, like their fans, so will be like, "Well, wait, my the CEO said that we were good. <laughs> he, said, he said this was all fake." <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't walk into to FIFA with their army of lawyers, so <laughs> not great timing for them. Yeah, so so that puts a lot that that obviously puts a lot more spotlight on the fifth place spot. So it brings in even. Um, so now we've got you're looking at. Between fourth and ninth place, that's an eight-point difference uh, between Chelsea, United, Wolves, Sheffield, Tottenham, and Arsenal. And hell, you could even if we're going to throw in Tottenham and Arsenal, I guess we might as well also throw in like Burnley and Crystal Palace. Who are only one oh my god! Behind, only one point behind Tottenham and Arsenal. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, but but um, that, that's the difference between fourth and ninth right now. Um, and you're looking at potentially two spots being available two champions league spots um for six teams going at it like at best there'll be two spots open or, and at worst just one so like uh, 
it, that that's where that's where all the eyes should be on for the rest of the season here. Um, and, and of course, down at the bottom, Aston Villa fans will be happier than anyone else for the restart, obviously, because they had one game in hand and they're two points from safety. So um, down at the bottom is all is is also a little bunch too. You've got between. Um, 15th and 19th, you've got a four-point difference in, in between Brighton, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, and uh, Aston Villa. So that is kind of, I mean, everything in the mid-table, I, I don't even, are those players even going to be that, uh, just even want to play. <laughs> like, I mean, so we'll see, we'll see the motivation levels of the mid-table teams. Um, in Germany, at least, um, and LAC, maybe you could let me, let me know for the mid-table teams, at least in Spain so far, um, it, it seemed like the teams who are like in Champions League spots or going for Champions League spots and then the teams down the relegation zone are ha- kind of having their way with the mid-table teams. So, <laughs> which makes sense, again. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, but but that's but that's where we are with the, with the table right now, and uh, I know just to start off, what Elliot for you the expectations of Liverpool and Man City now. So when we left off, when the season was suspended, we just seen Liverpool get knocked out of the Champions League. Maybe not. Maybe not even two weeks after. Um, I believe we agreed that they were probably the best team in Europe at the time. And then they went, and then they went on to lose like three nil to Watford and then, and they get knocked out of the champions league, but you know, they're still in a great position to, to win the league now. So, uh, and then you have on the other side, well, I should throw it to win the league for the first time in three decades. So obviously that, that'll be an amazing thing for them, but the kind of disappointment of not being able to, get further into the Champions League as the holders of the trophy. Um, their expectations now, what they have to look forward to is they can still smash the points record for for points in a season for, for, for the Premier League, and they can still ha- end up with most wins in a season. The, the record is, um, I believe, 30. Or, uh, actually, it's, it's 29, right? Breaking it. I think Man City ended up breaking it um, in the season that they won 100 points. Uh, or actually, last season is when they broke it. 32 wins. 32 wins is the is the record now. Um, it's not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, so, so that that's I think the ceiling for Liverpool. But then you also for Manchester City, you have a team like I said, 25 points back, but they've got 10 games left, and then. Oh, they're going to catch up now? Like, <laughs> no, no. I was, I was going to say, they've got 10 games of their season left, of their domestic season left, and then August comes like the most important three weeks or whatever of probably the club's history. <laughs> it's where they have a great chance to win the Champions League, and, uh, and, and, and it would be, I mean, it's literally, literally why they went out and got Pep Guardiola. So it's... The expectations between those two teams now is obviously so different. What do you think is going to be the motivation for, especially for Manchester City, the motivation down down the uh, last ten games, and and for Liverpool to be able to push on and and end the season strong and potentially go out and win like thirty five games or something, which would be an amazing accomplishment. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So let's start with Liverpool, right? So motivation is to win the league, finish that up. Cool. Get that wrapped up, which they should do no later than this weekend. That's number one. Number two is essentially mentally preparing yourself for next season, because while you might not have a lot to do between now and what August? Oh, sorry. September. Uh, yes. And I did do that on purpose. Um, if you don't have a lot to do between now and September, you still want to keep up with your kind of physical strength, your mental strength in the same way that they did during the quarantine. Otherwise you're going to come back and you're going to be woefully prepared to defend a, a Premier League title. So I think Jurgen Klopp is the perfect person to do that. I, I'm not concerned about that. Um, I'm more interested to see what Manchester City's response is going to be because they're a in limbo with their Champions League standing for next year. In all likelihood, they will be in the Champions League, um, like top four um, coefficient spot. So that shouldn't be an issue. Um, so what do you do? You're not going to win the league. Um, you will be in the Champions League still. So you still have to prepare for that in every way. And I don't have any concerns about Pep doing that with his squad. What I'm interested to see is how the players react to the ruling in July, because I think they'll play at completely normally and as the status quo to now and then. But once that ruling comes out, do players start, you know, kind of in the back of their head thinking about assuming that they don't, they're not in the champions league. Are they thinking about exits? Are they thinking about, literally anything else about Manchester city. Cause if they are getting your mental focus back on track to the game is one of the hardest things to do. And if you're not focused on it, you're not going to go very far in the champions league this season. So I'm very interested to see what their footballing responses after that ruling comes out, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. And, and, Again, it's not where it's not where I think many people's eyes will be, but but I think you make a great point in terms of, in terms of like what what will happen after um, the ruling comes out, and that'll be extremely interesting to see uh, morale and all that. But you're right; I, I expect them to come out and act like nothing's happened, um, and, and a lot of that, like you said, will be down to Guardiola's um, ability to focus his players. And I have no pro- no, I, I'm like you, not worried about his ability to be able to motivate them in the least to use these 10 games as like a, um, not preseason, obviously, but to use it as a, as a warm up for the tough games that are going to be coming in August. Um, so uh, in the least, even if they are out of it, there's still a Champions League trophy to be won. Right, right. Well, so let's talk about the Champions League, right? And even the Europa League. Um, we've been off from... English football for what, three months now there, there's going to be clear winners and clear losers kind of from the last three months. Um, maybe we won't know that until I guess we start playing football again, but yeah, if you had to pick out, you know, one or two teams that you think could have benefited the most from this time, this time, kind of off and to focus on themselves, who would it be? And, and I guess who would you kind of pick to, to make those top four spots? Yeah, I, I think, I think the part of the, who benefited the most and, and um, you let me know if you, if you agree with this or not, but I, I think the two, I probably won't. 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to uh, deal with common sense well anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think the two teams that have that have um, really benefited from this, I would have to say Manchester United and Tottenham because you think about the injuries, especially on Tottenham's side. You think about the injuries that they had right before, right before the uh, the season got suspended. You know, no Harry Kane, no Son, who was who had been the best player all season who had been playing well despite the shit show that was going on at the beginning of the season um and they were and Deli Alley had pretty much just gotten back to playing with some more consistency um the ever evolving enigma that has now become Tanga and Dombele who <laughs> just just still have no clue if he's actually a good player anymore <laughs> like we just still do not know um, and a lot of that obviously has to do with you know, again, the, the turmoil from a lot of the season, I'm sure just has not helped him, his ability to adapt, um, and having Jose Mourinho just shit on you, uh, press conference to press conference probably didn't help much either, but, but so I think those teams have benefited the most purely from an injury standpoint, um, United getting back Mar- Marcus Rashford will be huge i mean and, and Matt rashford and pogba obviously but but you know as we talked about before season was, the season was suspended i mean mark rashford literally broke his back trying to get yeah. the team into the top into the top four um, yeah and 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 now he's now he's coming back and um i'm hoping that a lot of that a lot of people are listening to this also know that the impact that he's been having socially lately um i think we saw today that the um in the uk the decision that was had to knock out um free meal vouchers to i believe it's correct me if i'm wrong at least the students for over the summer yeah um, yeah that decision was was turned over and he led a lot and he was a big voice a big public voice for making sure that like, people, kids aren't hungry like, and it seems like such a simple thing, right. To, to, to be of, like, of all, yeah. Of all the things to pay for, you know, from, yeah. from the federal government. But yeah. He, but he led the, he led the charge in it. And, we, and I think, I think we have to show some love to him for that, obviously, because it, you know, it's, it's something that he's very passionate about. And, um, and I think that's something that's just been nice to see overall uh, with a lot of the footballers, I think uh, over the past few months is that it, it really has shown a lot of them, a lot of them really are pretty good people, <laughs> like, like pretty good people. And like really <laughs> care about does it sound? <laughs> a fair amount of them are just pretty good people. Um, but, but that's, that's nice to see. But yeah. So, so, for, so like I said, United and, and um, Tottenham, I think benefited the most. Who benefited the least? I would probably have to say a, a Sheffield. Sheffield, I think most chief, most chiefly because now you look at would come back again. Everyone's healthy again. Like almost very, very few injuries for anyone, especially for the teams um, fighting for Champions League spots. And you add on top of that the five subs. They were right. a very, a very, very close knit team, like a team that does not have to deal with with many injuries at all. That very routinely plays the same eleven a lot. Now, if they were to hit an injury at any point by for any of their key players. Um, They'd be in a lot of trouble because, like, yeah. obviously, them having five subs and using their five subs a lot different than you know the five subs that that um, you know that a Chelsea or Leicester, or even a Leicester, uh, will be pulling out in their games, right? So, 
it, it, I mean, I think one that, one team does have a certain uh, Lord Farquaad, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to compete. <laughs> hard to compete there. Um, I, I think Sheffield has benefited the least. I almost wanted to say Wolves, but I, but I do genuinely believe in in the system that Wolves has, and and I they they just always them and Sheffield, to be fair, like always throughout the season seemed like a team that knew what the plan was and was coached very well, and and I just think Wolves has a bit has a more top end quality that that I'm not as worried about them as I as I think I am about Sheffield. Yeah, no, I I actually do agree with you on. I would say the the team that will. I don't want to say benefit the least, but suffer the most to kind of, uh, which is all oh, that sounds dark, but you know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, I think Sheffield might run into problems because of how relatively thin their squad is. Um, not, not to say it's completely void of subs, but in comparison to the teams that they're competing against above them, right? Wolves, United, Chelsea, Leicester. Um, yeah, that that's your competition. And in order to be better than them, you need to have the, supplements for that that's why i think the whole quarantine and the five subs aspect benefit pretty much all the 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 more rich clubs like quite frankly because they have the money to pay for additional high quality players it's literally that simple um whereas sheffield united are somewhat of a i don't want to say a miracle story because what they've done is absolutely incredible and deserves all the, all the plaudits um but it was surprising to say the least so i agree with you on that front in terms of united and spurs benefiting the most i would definitely agree that united uh benefited significantly especially with pogba coming back with rashford coming back that's very true with spurs they were already a shit show before this and getting Harry Kane back and getting Son back will be incredible for them. But they were also a shit show when they were on the field because Jose Mourinho is their coach. So I don't know if they, I I mean, I guess inherently they benefited because they were better with those two on the field either way. Um, But, but I don't know how much they're getting better compared to the teams around them that they need to now compete against. Oh yeah. Yeah. I should, I should say that, that, by benefit the most, I I guess I just clearly that it, you know, on paper who benefit like oh, the, yeah because of, because of just how horrible the injuries were and and how just absolutely depressing those last that last at least three to four weeks um, before the season was suspended, uh, you know how depressing it was getting there. You know it just I feel like it, that was kind of rock bottom honestly. So true. Um, with that being said, I, I think. If let's say that I think Leicester is pretty safe in terms of, of um, whether they finish third or fourth, but I think they're pretty safe in terms of uh, being able to actually finish in the top four. I think they've got enough of a cushion, uh, but just between those teams that I had mentioned, uh, Chelsea, United, Wolves, Sheffield, Tottenham and Arsenal um, for the fourth and fifth spots, at least I'll give you my prediction, but what, what are our predictions on this? I, I think that, I still feel that Chelsea United are out of those teams, the most consistent in a, in a group of teams that aren't as weird as that is. Yeah. But a group of teams that aren't extremely consistent. Although I think you and I would both say that we think that wolves is a pretty consistent team, even if not spectacular, but like, but um, I still think those are the two strongest of the six there. And, and the teams that I have the most confidence into 
to kind of stay the ship. And I think something that we've seen a lot in the other leagues is that for the most part, there's not like, at least, at least again, speaking for Germany, because we have more, more, just, just more games have been played there, but, and, but I'll even touch a little bit from Spain. It, the teams, the teams that we thought were good have been good. The teams who were in <laughs> yes. like the top, who, the teams who were in the Champions <laughs> League spots look like teams that look like for the, there's a reason why they were there. Right. And, um, and, you know, I, I just haven't so far seen been extremely surprised by any team's performances. And there hasn't been a lot of move. There hasn't been a lot of movement in the table in um, even in Germany. Like there hasn't been a lot of movement that it's the, t- the table is pretty much the same as it was when we came back at this just at this <laughs> point on Tuesday. Yeah. So I'm I know that some that there's a lot of there's obviously the thought that, you know, it's a whole new season, like come back and be completely different. But, you know, I actually don't really subscribe to that. <laughs> just, just from what we've seen in from the other leagues, I, I don't, I can't see that we come back and all of a sudden as great as I'm sure those three months um, to be off and, and for, for Arsenal, at least like those grades of three months being off and having Arteta be able to, I speak with the players probably even more personally and, and explain the ideas and stuff a lot more. In the end, he's still going to start David Luiz in every game. So like, <laughs> I'm not expecting, like, they're not going to come there. Like, what are you expecting? Like, Arsenal because he has to. to. Yeah. I, right. I know. That's, yeah, exactly. I'm not. not <laughs> because he has to. It's not a bad managerial decision. Yeah, it's no, no, no. Still desperation. Gonna, uh, yeah. He's still going to have to start David Luiz in every game. <laughs> that is literally his best center back. So, again, as much as, yes, this is a, this is, a, a resuming of the season. A, a, it feels like a different season. It, we gotta remember, like transfers have not come in and stuff, so it's not like you're actually gonna see these teams be that much different than they were going into the break. Unless, again, they were decimated by injury. So maybe we'll see a slightly more competent Manchester United attack. I hate that. I I generally agree with what you were saying. Um, the only thing I would disagree with, you said that Wolves has been relatively consistent. I, I don't think that is the case. I, they have, uh, I want to say 13 ties. Yeah, 13 ties, I think. But they're um, on brand, if you watch them. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty on brand. Uh, I, I guess it's on brand. Yeah, I wouldn't. I I think they go back and forth a lot, um, which has been one of their. I think they could be higher if they did not. But um, yeah, I I would agree with you that that United probably. Will, I don't know how. That's the thing. I don't know how, but they probably will stay in that position. Just looking at their schedule between now and July, I don't know how. Um, Chelsea might actually be the one team that I would pinpoint to say um, I'm very curious to see what happens with, cause they did kind of leave off very well. Um, yeah, another as, team that, that is going to be welcoming back a lot of players from injury. Exactly. Exactly. So, so in some ways, I guess you have the five subs to kind of back, back up your starting 11, which is great for them. Um, so Peter, I mean, Ross Barkley will be um, <laughs> a great part of that squad. Um but yeah, I, I think things do stay relatively the same, but I'm hesitant to say that basically between four and seven that they might stay the same. 
Because I think teams might say the same, but not the order, right? You have Chelsea on 48, United on 45, Wolves on 43, and Sheffield also on 43. So that's a five-point gap. It's Sheffield with a game in hand, we should mention, too. Exactly. So, you know, Sheffield exactly. wins tomorrow against Villa. They jump above United in fifth, and they're just two points off of Chelsea in, in uh, fourth place. Yeah, so four, between fourth and seventh, I think that could change a lot. And it's very similar in Spain. Um, and we've already seen it move around a lot. So that's I, if we're going off history in the same way that you were with Germany, that would be my only caveat. But yeah, I, if you're asking me if Spurs and Arsenal are getting anywhere close to the top four, my answer is going to be a resounding no. Yeah, and I think that I think I think it'll be pretty fair. I think that will surprise no one. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know. I have high hopes for the teams that are currently in, I guess, the top six, top seven. I I don't know who's going to be in the Champions League. That is going to depend on what is said in July. But I do hope, I will say, I do hope that Wolves make into the Champions League because I picked them to be in a top four spot. And in some way, if they can make it into the Champions League, that kind of fulfills my prophecy. So that's yeah, yeah, I think I think we give I think that'll be a win. Yeah, <laughs> I would give you that. Um, no, we should, but it, it should also be said, you know, United's first two games out the bat are pretty tough. They well, uh, quote unquote tough. They they play Tottenham first, which they play them on Friday, I believe, which will be a massive game. Um, but then after that, they play Sheffield. So again, if Sheffield are able to pick up the points tomorrow. They go into their next game able to actually put distance between themselves and United. So uh, potentially, if United were able to slip up on Friday, so either way, they're going to get they're going to two chances to jump above United in the next week. And I mean, I think that game, the United Sheffield United game, will go a long way to deciding the the fourth and fifth places. Honestly, because it could be yeah. open right there. Yeah, no, 100%. So I think the Premier League has a lot to figure out. I'm really excited for, for what's to come. Um, I will be glued. I mean, we'll all be glued to the TV watching football until the middle of July, basically. And then there's going to be an enormous drop-off, and then we're going to be depressed for another month until the Champions League comes back. So no, we'll, get, we'll get a good – we'll get some good time off. For, uh, <laughs> also fair. Also fair. But I guess lastly on the, the Premier League side, player of the year. Who do you have? I have someone very clearly in mind, but I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, look, I, I, I will say this. It's getting to the point. This is not who I'm going to pick, but like, it's getting to the point where every year, during the last, at any time in the last three years, I, you could have given it to Kevin De Bruyne. And, and somehow he's still yeah, not That seems fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he somehow he still is not one one. But, yeah, for this year, I think there's going to be it's going to be really interesting because there's going to be a de- big debate i think between who actually deserves it and who will win it i would personally give it to uh Sadio Mane i think i think he's been the best player on Liverpool this year even though he hasn't scored as many goals as as Salah i mean their their only difference is um by two goals, I saw only scored two more goals than him, and and uh, Mane is sitting on fourteen goals and seven assists, so one more assist than Salah. But but I, but I think he's been. I think that a lot of Liverpool fans would agree that he's that he's been their best player, um, and I think he, he deserves it. 
who I, th- I think it'll end up going to Jordan Henderson because he's the captain. And a lot of people are going to look at the fact that he wasn't in that game against Watford where they got beaten um, and, and, and just kind of very uh, coincidentally forget that he was also in the Atletico game. So, um, <laughs> but, <Jeez. laughs> but, but I, um, I think my personally, I think it should go to, to Mane. Um, if I were to put money on it and predict actually who it will go to, I think it will go to Jordan Henderson. Interesting. Jordan Henderson, I guess, would be kind of the almost like a, the people's pick, if you will. Um, I, I guess it, it makes sense, and I and I get it. He's been a, like a very true leader for Liverpool since last season, and honestly, in years prior. Um, but I think his footballing level kind of took took that additional leap this season. You you saw how critical he was in the big games, purely based on when he was not there due to injury. Um, which I think was was key to that. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, my pick is going to be Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I think he's been clearly far and away the best player in the Premier League, and I I will not accept anyone telling me otherwise. Um, and if we're going off of the, the basis of what the award means, it's for best player in the Premier League. So um, I think it'd be hard to disagree with who the best football footballer in England was, and that for me is it's Kevin De Bruyne. No one has been involved in more goals this season than Kevin De Bruyne. Nine goals, 16 assists. And did, did Hazard have the same number of assists? That's a genuine question. I, I feel like they're close. Yeah. Um, last season it was 17 and 14 assists. Do let me, I will double check. Do not. Okay. Cause it was like in that ballpark. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. Sixteen goals, fifteen assists last season. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But no, but no you're, I mean, I think it's it, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who genuinely cannot say that Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the league. <laughs> like, it just you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's just not being completely biased about it. Right. Right. Exactly. And I have the most unbiased opinion, given that I don't have a specific team in England. So that's my pick. Um, Maybe that changes between now and the end of the year. Um, who knows? Maybe there's an enormous shift, but I don't foresee that being the case. So, Kevin De Bruyne, you have my vote from one half of the overlap. You would have my vote too, for sure. I just don't think. <laughs> I just think somehow he's not going to win it. Probably not even be like top three in voting, and then the <laughs> back of this season, and even just see highlights and see the fact that he ends up probably um, he probably will get very close to twenty assists and over ten goals, and be like, wow, how did what? How did he not finish even top three? But um, but you know that's neither here nor there. Um, we we know everyone knows how great of a player he is, but. For this season, I think it's it deserves to be a Liverpool player for for the type of season that. They yeah, have. yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so it's about the story. It's it's more about the story than the than a lot of the times. It's more about the story than the actual like who's the best player. And, and I think we've seen that in Ballon d'Ors a lot too, right? So whoa, whoa, don't uh, relax. But yes, but yes. Well, I, I was I was saying that as that was actually for you. Like I was. Oh, I know, I know. For years of like Modric and and, and other players have won. Yeah, that was the biggest sham. That, that whatever we could spend a whole other podcast on it, but I think that's that's everything we wanted to cover in England. Um, so of course we'll be watching the Arsenal Manchester City game. 
um, that is coming up Wednesday. What is today? Tuesday. Yeah. So it's coming up Wednesday. Um, I believe the game's at three o'clock on Wednesday, June 17th. So look out for that. Um, and of course we'll be bringing you weekly podcasts as we always do on the just several match days throughout Europe at this point. It's just, it's several match days. There's no one match day. Rolling, rolling match days. (laughs) It's rolling match days. Exactly. Perfect. But with that, thank you guys for listening as always. And we'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks guys. So close. Thank you.